beautiful day. I mean, it was really gorgeous. Other than the wind that we had today, uh, not really flyable, but you know, it was good enough. Looks like we're ready to come online here, and it looks like we are live. We are live, everyone. Hello and welcome to season three, episode 127. We got Chad Conrad tonight. This is going to be a really awesome podcast. As always, we got a bunch of people in the chat. Let's say hello to the people in the chat. We got John Wayne. What's up, John Wayne? Jim, care PPG. We got uh, Joshua Marsh, PPG. And Bill H joined us. What's up, Bill? And we got some more people coming in. So we are going to say hello to everyone on the panel real quick. So we'll start with our very own Linda Anderson, our Paramom USA chick. How you doing, girl? I'm doing good. Where's What's the up, phone? Yay. Welcome, my chatters and my viewers out there. Love you bunches. You know, Monday night, this is the place to hang out. We always have awesome guests and we got Chad tonight. And so we're just going to listen. He's got a lot of cool stuff to talk about and uh, just uh, kick back, grab the popcorn, your snacks and just enjoy, enjoy the evening because we are here on Monday night. That is so true. Always good to see you, Ms. Linda. If you want to be on our show, make sure you go over to paramomusa.com. That forwards yeah. over to our Facebook page. Just PM her and say, hey, I want to be on clearproptv.com, paratalk.org, or just search for PPJ Grandpa's Paramotor Podcast. That's right. Okay. Woohoo. Well, thank, you. thank you, Linda. Yeah. We also got Will Fly from willflyppg.com. What's up, buddy, old pal? You're on mute. You're on mute. Damn. damn, damn. There we go. What's up, guys? It's <laughs> good up? to be here. Yeah. Been doing uh, some flying lately. Feels good to get back in the air on a regular basis, something we haven't had uh, the opportunity to do in the last few months. So, well, at least two months. So, yeah. Has it been too windy crazy. or something or what? The winds. Yeah. The winds. Yeah. Exactly. But, uh, yeah, I had a chance to fly a beautiful sod farm yesterday and uh, got to experience uh, an older gentleman. And by older, I mean older than me, uh, take his very first flight. And uh, man, that's just an awesome experience. Never gets old. I totally agree. It never gets old. If we want to see your crazy uh, flying shenanigans, how do we get up with you, bud? I'll just go to Will Fly on YouTube or you can visit willflyppg.com dot com i love it that's awesome well thank you very much will uh will is going to be uh, uh uh finding all the questions in the chat so if you want to ask chad a question tonight just make sure you tag will fly and he'll make sure that he uh, sends all the questions to us so we know to ask chad we also got jim from canada a maple syrup money buddy what's up man Things are going good, going good. I got a beautiful flight planned for tomorrow morning. The winds are looking good and plan to be up at around four so that I can get into the air for a three or four hour flight. Oh, really? Three or four hours? That's going to be awesome. Yeah, it'll be my first that length. So we'll see how it goes. Awesome. So what are you up to as far as flights now? I'm at 137. And you'll be 138 tomorrow. That's awesome. Um, and you also take care of us as far as a uh, paramotor calendar. Does. 
Facebook.com and all of our stickers and stuff. You take care of us with that. Um, I guess you are our sponsor. So tell us a little bit about your uh, business and how we can get up with you if we want some decals or stickers or something like that. Well, if you'd like to get some printing done, you can con connect with me through carepp.com and or contact me by phone. Number and contact info is on there. And there's also a do-it-yourself printing site there. So you can take advantage of that and where we, we set it up and we ship it out. So what's and the, what's the DIY? I, uh, uh, dot com. I know there's a, or dot CA or something. Yeah. DIY printing dot CA. All right. Well, thank you very much, Jim. It's always good to have you on the panel, but it's not about you. It's not about me. It's about Chad. Chad is our guest tonight. He has an amazing story to tell Chad Conrad. Welcome to the show, buddy. Thanks a lot for, for having me. Absolutely. So you've been flying paramotor since 2018. That's really awesome. And you live in Canada. So uh, could you tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got into paramotoring? So, yeah. So I live in southern Alberta in uh, Lethbridge, which is about two hours drives from uh, Calgary. I'm about an hour north of Montana border. Um, got into flying. So I used to uh, fly RC planes. And I would watch videos, YouTube videos about it. And uh, one day, one uh, channel that I watched, they, uh, the, it was called Flight Test. And their group of guys went down to Florida to do um, PPG training. And I'd never really seen it before, um, didn't know anything about it, but it, I thought it was really, really neat. Um, my wife walked by the door as I was watching the video and she says, I'm surprised that's something that you wouldn't do. And to me, that sounded like, uh, you know, she was okay with it. Well, it sounded like permission to me. So I um, spent the next year or two um, watching videos online and, and found all the, all the normal people that people find with uh, PPG videos and finally found um, a relatively local guy, uh, um, uh, fly guy Alberta, Jason Gartridge, um, and and when he announced that he was going to be an instructor, um, I got in, in contact with him the next day and uh, signed up for for lessons with him. Because so, at the time, before him, there was only two other instructors, and they're uh, quite a distance away from me, and he was by far the closest. And uh, super happy that I went and uh, did my training with him. I, just, just a great experience all around. That's awesome. Have you done any like uh, really good cross countries or anything like that? I haven't done many. Um, the, the biggest cross country that I've done was just a one way, which was uh, about uh, 35 miles, I guess, uh, one way from, um, from a little town called Fort McLeod to the, to the field that I typically fly out of, which is, just outside of Lethbridge. So and you said on the, and you said on the, I'm sorry, go ahead. Nothing extreme for cross country. Gotcha. You said on the pre-show the that um, you fly a Moster 185, you're That's 195 right. pounds, five, yeah. and you have a 28 meter wing. And the first thing yeah. I thought was, 
195 pound guy with a Moser 185 and a 28 meter wing. Why is that? Yeah, because because of the location, our altitude, we're right around 3,000 feet where I fly from. So that was the the, the motor and the wing basically that uh, Jason had said would be right for me. Okay, awesome. Yeah, so, yeah. Because when you first said that you're 195 pounds and you had a 28 meter wing, I'm like, I got a 28 meter wing. Oh, but I'm at sea level almost, and you're at 3,000 feet. Now, when you take off at that yeah, altitude yeah. right there. Um, do you have to run really far, even with that 28 meter wing and that uh, Moser 185? It, like everywhere else, it depends on the wind. If if it's a nil wind, you're, I don't know, 20, 20, 30 steps and you're in into the air. It's it's not that long, you know. Once you get it, once you get it stable and everything. So, I, I don't think it's that long, but uh, I don't know. <laughs> Okay, and then what is your actual uh, motor frame? What what do you actually fly in the? Um, uh, Kanga Kanga Classic. Oh, which okay. Is, uh, that Canadian made frame. Yeah. And what was the the wing? The wing is a Dudek Universal one point one. Okay. Have you flown any other motors or wings in your in your long career of uh, flying <laughs> motors? Uh, not very long. Um, I started out with the Polini, um, in a Polini 190, and uh, I had issues with it. That's the motor that I um, that I learned on, did all of my training on, and then I was unhappy with it, basically, um, and that's when I got the Moster. But <laughs> the one thing about having a crappy motor is that you really learn how to uh, always fly with an out. Like, <laughs> I, ha I had so many motor outs during my training i had more motor outs landings than landings that i killed the motor on it was it was crazy was it like because I had, the motor itself was dying on you yeah, or was, right. it a brand, yeah. was it a brand new motor yes yes it was really yeah i had i had uh, real real issues fuel issues um it would lose its prime somehow and we never did figure out why but uh yeah i had i've had at least 50 motor outs in my uh time flying holy smokes that's a couple more than me actually that's a lot more than me <laughs> um i guess you got really good at spot landing too uh, well i got really good at defensive flying of always having an out always i i'm always always flying higher than i wish i would and i'm always looking um where where do i land if, if my motor fails Wow. which where, where i fly is usually not an issue it's, it's the prairies you have to look for uh power lines and stuff that's your biggest issue around here trees aren't really an issue okay uh jim i think there's a question in the chat you want to ask that yeah there's someone who's asking fly swamper is asking have you gotten the opportunity to fly the big trestle bridge <laughs> I, uh, it, it's funny. I was within about, uh, I would say 300 meters of it on Sunday morning, yesterday morning. Um, I've flown down the length of it, uh, a couple of times. Um, but it's, it's in a really strange spot for wind. If, if there's more than a, uh, 10 kilometer wind, um, it throws a lot of rotor and uh, gets 
pretty uncomfortable pretty quickly. Okay. Yeah. Well, one of the reasons why you're here is because uh, you had a ground starting incident and yep. you, you got hurt, unfortunately, and I'm glad that you're, you're, you're healed up. Um, yep. What year was it and um, what happened exactly? So that was 2019. Um, and it was after I'd got my change from my Polini to the Monster. And um, so I was gearing up to go on a long flight with a, with a friend. Um, so I had lots of fuel in the tank. And uh, I was getting all my gear ready. And I wanted to start up the motor, get, let it get warmed up while I was getting my wing and everything else ready. Um, and I made, like I said, um, I made the conscious decision to be lazy. And that was, it's straight up the only thing. Um, I'd done my, done a, a pre-flight on everything. Everything was normal, just the way it should be. There was nothing odd. I did check the throttle um, to make sure that the butterfly valve was opening and closing with the throttle. Um, made the conscious decision that I didn't want to pick the motor up to put it on my back, to start it, to set it back down again and let it warm up. So my one and only time that I've ever ground started a motor, um, it, it went full throttle and uh, pushed me to the ground and, and started chewing on my arm. Now I've, I've seen the pictures and we're not going to show those pictures on here, <laughs> but um I mean, it wasn't horrible. I mean, you really got nope. lucky on yep. what happened. So um, when you had that uh, prop strike, it was on your shoulder. Yep. Was it your right shoulder? Yep. Left. Your left shoulder. And yep. um, all it did was take off the skin and it didn't get into That's the right. muscle or anything else. So you really got lucky on this. I, I, I cannot understate how unbelievably lucky I was like it it did um it did it it had about a softball size piece of skin that was missing on the on the kind of the leading edge of my shoulder and then I had a couple of little prop strikes on the bottom of my like the just above my elbow um but yeah it took nothing but skin like it didn't go into the muscle it didn't go into that little thin uh, membrane that covers the muscle um it was uh no surgery i didn't have to get a skin graft which i assumed when i first saw it that i was going to have to get a skin graft um but they just they let it uh heal for about a week and uh a week or two weeks i don't recall i think it was about a week and then the plastic surgeon just stitched it together he just stretched the muscle or the skin all together and put uh, eight or ten stitches in it and yeah were you wearing a helmet when you ground started yep How, uh, gloves too was this no. cold at the time no, no? It, it was it was a warm summer day i don't recall it was in july or august um so it was a warm summer evening um yeah i, I had my helmet on and most of the time start with my helmet on just for the ear protection just for the sound reduction um but yeah no other no, i had a hoodie on <laughs> actually and and uh my wife so it, it destroyed it destroyed the uh 
the left sleeve. It absolutely shredded it and it put a little bit of a hole in the back of the shoulder as well. And uh, I wear that, that hoodie now almost every time. I actually have it here. My, my wife made a patch for it. I don't know if you can read that. Yeah, it says on the back or on the rack. On the back or on the rack. And so that, that, uh, that hoodie stays with me, replies with me most every time. No, that is, I'm very happy that you are here and sharing your story. And the story is that, you know, you've never ground started except for that one time. And that's when you made the decision that I just, I, I, I just don't want to lift it up. I, I just don't that's, want to lift it up. Yeah, that's, that's exactly what it was. It was not nothing but sheer laziness on my, on my part. And the motor, like it was relatively new. Um, and it had always started on the first pull every time, like not, not an issue. And so I thought, okay, just this one time I got, I can't remember what I had, 14, 15 liters of fuel on it. Um, I just didn't want to have to lift it up and, and put it on my back. And that was before, I, like now I have a bench that I sit it on so I don't have to lift it off the ground every time when I put it on. Um, but yeah, it was just, just sheer laziness on my part that caused it. Well, once again, really glad that you're sharing this with us. Uh, anybody in the super chat that wants to ask a question, uh, please be mindful that he is sharing a very uh, a story that he could definitely keep private, but he's allowing us to talk about this because he doesn't want this to happen to anybody else. Uh, ground starting, if you remember, you know, back in the day when we were all watching Tucker Gott, he was ground starting. I mean, that was just the thing back then, ground starting, no big deal. But as time has gone by, we've noticed that ground starting is really dangerous. And there's only two places that we should start our motor on the back and rack. And the one time that this that Chad decided not to, you know, this this tragedy happened. However, you know, it's not something that is going to leave permanent scars. Uh, he can still use his arms and shoulders and everything. Okay. But I think the big question is, how much thrust was it? Did it feel like a train was pushing you down? Because I know everyone that I talked to always said, well, if I start on the ground, I know I can hold it back because I'm a big, strong man. So what kind of force pushed you down and how quick did that happen? So, yeah, it's, it's hard to describe. It was it was very fast. Like it, it was over within a couple of seconds as far as I can uh figure out it it seemed at at it seemed actually thinking about it that it took a really long time to happen but it was over instantaneously like it it you know that that paradox of everything slowing down slow motion but nothing had happened in between um what it felt like um i i can't really even describe it it was uh just just a force it's not like being hit by something it just pushed me down it pushed me down on my back and uh just with seemingly no effort um and and all i was trying to do was, was kill the motor and try to stay away from it try to keep my hands out of uh of the props path um 
because immediately when when it started pushing me down i could feel my shoulder burning from it from it hitting my my shoulder and taking the 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 top the skin off right so um people i i've heard it a lot of times from people that have said yeah i'd, I'd be able to hold it back um and, and maybe they can but i don't i don't think so because i'm i'm not a little guy and it pushed me down like i was barely there Joshua Marsh PPG said loves the hoodie and um, <laughs> uh, fly swamper said oh did, did fly swamper say it to Jim he said assuming he'll get to it but what caused the runaway on the throttle do you know what happened no um and, and your uh suggestion is, is probably the most valid um because I, I did a full uh, pre-flight inspection of the of the frame everything seemed normal everything operated like it should and a hundred percent i know for a fact that i checked the throttle um what was it in my hand when i started it yes my hand was up against the back of the frame when i started it and so could i have done it to myself and pulled the throttle in as i was holding the um the frame and that's likely what happened i don't know i can't remember um but that's almost for sure years of thinking about what could have happened but that seems to be the only plausible explanation is that i did it to myself i did it through being lazy and also by gripping the throttle when i pulled the pull, the, the starter okay um we're not going to show the actual injury, the pictures that that you posted earlier, um, yeah. but James did ask if we could see it now that it's healed. So if you feel comfortable showing it, great. If not, don't worry about it. I don't want sure to. thing. So I've got. Oh, not sure if you can see. But there's there's three um, strikes down here, and then there's that there. Nothing a good tattoo can't cover. Chad, you know, I, I, I have thought about covering it with a paramotor um, tattoo. <laughs> there you go. A nice prop, right? Yeah. Yeah. Were you going to say some other people were asking? But yeah, some other people were asking what type of prop it was. It was a carbon fiber prop. And it was. You know, you said that you were finding pieces of it for how long? Um, I still I still have pieces of carbon fiber um, come up. I just had one come up the other day, actually. What, what do you mean come up? They will. My my shoulder is very itchy, um, and it's I'm assuming from the pieces of carbon fiber that are making their way out of my injury out to the surface of my skin. Um, because occasionally um, one a piece will come up, and that's after. Like a nurse, one time when I was getting my dress, my dressings, I had to get dressing changed every day, and then every other day later. Um, but uh, there was one one nurse that um, spent about forty five minutes or so picking little tiny pieces of carbon fiber out of my wound. Um, she had to have picked more than 30 or 40 little tiny black specks out of there. And that's what I get now is just these little tiny black specks. Did you say it was a Helix or an EPROP? 
It was a good question. It was Did the you... prop that came came with it. It had been the the uh, Polini uh, has the Helix ones, don't they? That they come with um, if you order one from them. Okay. Um... I think I I honestly don't know which would because it was the first carbon fiber prop that I had with that motor that came with the motor. Did you keep um, it as a souvenir? No, it was it was just at, the the pieces were maybe about six six inches or so off the hub. So there wasn't much to. Oh, to so do. it it really just shattered when it. Uh, yeah. So do you think? So do you think that it hit like? Did, did it hit your cage too? Yeah, yeah, definitely. So do, you, so do you think that it that a majority of it was, you know, uh, hit the cage and then you just got a little bit on your shoulder, or do you think that that was like? I I don't know. Um, yeah, I I couldn't say. Okay. Um, Jim, any questions in the super chat? Well, Tony, he's he made a statement. He says you don't want to cover your scars with tattoos because your scar is your tattoo. Yeah. That's your story. Yeah, fair, that fair comment. <laughs> yeah, and then uh, another per, uh, fly swamper mentioned again too that a person might be able might think they can hold back a paramotor, but if it goes full, it's going to rotate on you, spin, and it's going to get you. Yeah. Yeah, you, you'd have to be a big, strong person to be able to hold it back. Man, especially when you're not, like everybody that I've talked to always says, oh, I could hold it back. I'd be ready for it. I, I was ready for it. Like I was ready, like I was sitting there with my hand on the frame to hold it back when I pull started it. And it, it happened so fast and it was over so fast that I, I have vague recollections and feelings of what happened. Like it was so fast. It was too fast to really register. Okay. Anybody on the panel have any questions? I'm sorry, what did you say, Jim? Uh, Para Ninja asked, how did you kill the engine? With, with the motor kill, the, the, the kill button on the throttle. Did it work the first time? No, it did not. <laughs> I, you know, you're, you're in panic mode. And, and I, I, I can remember distinctly pushing and releasing the kill button and then pushing and holding it in, the, in that couple of seconds that those things happened. pretty crazy looks like we got yeah. some looks looks like we got more uh questions looks like uh travis said how long did it take after the injury before you got back in the air again about i'm gonna say it was four weeks or maybe five as soon as i could raise my shoulder or raise my hand above my head and not have the the injury burn at, at, at that point I was I was in in the air. Yeah, so would you say five weeks? Is that what you said? About five, five weeks, weeks is, okay. is probably what it would be. Wow, having a panic attack just thinking about it. <laughs> uh, well, so I'm, now you, you travel with an assistant now, don't you? <laughs> 
Uh, to fly-ins, I do. Yeah, it's uh, yeah. My wife, my wife's a rock star. Um, man, I, I, I couldn't, I couldn't have trained for flying. I couldn't do the flying I do, and I couldn't go to the fly-ins that I do without her support. Um, she came to the fly-in where I met Jim, and uh, yeah, she helped carry gear out to the LZ. She this, I don't know. She's just all around rock star. That's all I can say. It's hard to find those all around rock star wives that, you know, help you with paramotoring. It's really difficult yeah, to find she's, that. She's pretty awesome. It is awesome. And, and she's still letting you fly even after the, uh, the injury. <laughs> she's, she's trying to convince me to uh, get my instructor's certification so we can go tandem. Ah, there you go. Yeah. Now she she actually got to ride tandem up in the the fly-in on the May long weekend um, up in Innisfail, um, and she quite enjoyed it. She doesn't want to fly. She doesn't want to get the controls, but she likes being up in the air flying. So, yeah, up here I'm sure you know you you have to be an instructor or you both have to be pilots to go fly tandem. So. Yeah, down here yeah. we we have to uh, get a tandem exemption. We can't even take another right. pilot up. So, right. That's that's pretty nice that you're able to take up another pilot without a tandem exemption, though. I wish that wish that we had that freedom over here. That would be pretty cool. Yeah. Um, I think is, that I think that's the way it is. Jim may know more than I do. Yeah, that's correct. You, but okay. if they're a pilot, then you, yeah, student pilot, you can take up, I believe. Right. Yeah. All right. Well, you know that we've been talking for about 30 minutes. I mean, it just went by like that. Unbelievable. Your story is, is just wow. Um, once again, uh, very um, happy and thankful that you're okay. It was not a horrible injury that could have, you know, uh, dismembered you or caused yep. death. Uh, whew. Um, you know, and, and only that one first time, that one first time that you ground started, this happened. Yeah. And, and like I say, I've, I've seen people ground start. I knew what the, I knew what the risk was. Like I knew, you know, I, I was aware of what could happen. And I've seen pictures of what had happened to people and, and still decided to do it anyway. So, yeah, I just, and I just want people to be aware of the risk, be able to point to somebody to say, look what happened to that guy. Let's not do that. He was lucky. I might not be so lucky. I've seen a lot of videos, unfortunately, um, popping up here and there about people ground starting. And I know a lot of people are like, you know, um, it's not going to happen to me. Yeah. Um, I'm sure you, yeah. I'm sure you always thought that too. It's never going to happen to me. I'm just going to do this one time. Yeah. Um, but uh, anyway, I appreciate sharing the story. But let's go ahead and uh, move on to, to other fun things. Now, you say that you um, you have flown every single free moment that you get to fly since you started flying in 2018. Pretty much, pretty much, and, yeah. And and we what don't, you, I don't. Know. And what does that uh, mean? What, what, what does that mean? You get up early in the morning and go fly. You fly midday. Tell us. Oh you... yeah, no. Um, 
So I fly when the weather is, is conducive to flying. I'm not a, I don't have the skills or knowledge base to um, fly midday. Um, so I fly early morning, late evening, you know, the three hours after and the three hours before. Um, and, and we get a lot of wind, we get high winds here. And um, so like, I, I get uh, a lot fewer days of flyable weather than people do uh, within like say a hundred kilometers of here. Um, where I'm just, I live in a really bad part of the world to fly very more. About how many hours do you think you on average fly a week? Oh, a week? Yeah. On average one or two. Some some weeks, you know, like this weekend, I flew for four hours, but there's some months that I don't fly. Oh, okay. So uh, what is your what is your cold tolerance uh, when it comes to what is the coldest that you've flown and what's the coldest that you're mm. that you would fly in from now on? So the coldest I've flown is uh, minus 10 Celsius which is about, uh, would be 15 Fahrenheit-ish, somewhere in that range. 32 minus, yeah, about, about 10 to 15 Fahrenheit, somewhere in that range. Um, that's the coldest I've flown in. Um, the coldest I'll fly in now is probably minus five Celsius. Um, so about 20, I guess, is that 20 Fahrenheit? That's it's and those are short. Like, That's man. still cold. That's ridiculously cold. I know people it's, right now is. that are listening that 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 live in Florida are like minus five degrees. It, I don't even like to fly in anything you know below sixty degrees <laughs> Fahrenheit, there's, let alone minus there's, something. There's a there's a guy. Um, he lives right around Calgary, and I know he's flown in minus twenty Celsius. So that's I don't I'm not sure what that is in Fahrenheit minus five or so somewhere in that range I'm not sure. That's just... he'll fly he'll fly in he flies. Uh, he has he learned how to fly the year after I did. He probably has three times as many hours in the air than I do. He he flies all the time. It doesn't matter. There's nothing wrong with flying all the time. I, I'm the same way. I nope. fly every morning, noon, and night that uh, weather permits. And yep. uh, I, I love it. I can burn some serious gas when flying, that's for sure. Um, yeah. Any other any questions on the panel? Yeah, Fly Swamper was wondering uh, what he does. What do you do for gloves, Jack? So I have got um, heated gloves, electric gloves. They're uh, heat in motion gloves. Um, I think that they're built in uh, Calgary. And uh, for a jacket, I use a Milwaukee uh, heated jacket as well. Um, and I actually have heated boots also. So it's, uh, you got to use the technology when it's there. <laughs> are, are your boots heated or is it the insole that's heated it's it's a heated boot it's uh they're actually a work boot um that have batteries built or batteries that remove from them plug them in and yeah they're they're great boots they're absolutely incredible <laughs> 
Yeah. Got another question from Jason Renaud. He was wondering what's the hottest temperature you've flown in? Oh, I would say like close to 30, maybe a bit above 30 Celsius. So I'm not sure where that works out to about 90 ish. Is that, is that where it is? 86. I can't. 86. Yeah. It, it wouldn't be much hotter than that. Um, it doesn't really get much hotter than that um, in the evening, like when we're going to go fly. So. Yeah, it was, we had some really high temperatures over here and uh, horrible heat indexes like 110 oh. degrees. And it was just miserable. It was so hot that I didn't want to even try to take off and fly. It was just like, you know, it's just, it's too hot. It's just too hot to yeah. even, it's too hot to fly. Even though I know that I could get up in the air and get up to about, you know, two, 3,000 feet and go, oh, air conditioner. But man, yeah. it, it's just hot. Um, any, any questions on the, uh, on the panel? Will, did you have any questions? Um, no, no questions, but, okay. uh, I, I gotta say that, you know, well, yeah, I guess I do have a question. How many flights roughly did you have when this happened? Um, good question. I would have had less than easily less than a hundred. Um, more than 60 because it was it was the summer after i'd finished my training and you have to have three 30 flights um to get your license in canada and so obviously i had 30 um and it was midway through the next summer um so yeah probably 60 to 75 flights somewhere in that range okay and so you were like uh how long did the whole thing take the whole accident it like from from pulling on the cord to getting the motor stopped was was no more than a few seconds a few seconds so a few Just, seconds made a major difference in your life didn't it didn't it it's, well and i'm not judging in any way because no, yeah no, I bet, it i'll bet out. you i'll bet you that just about every paramotor pilot out there has been tempted at one time or the other to ground start myself included and uh, so, you know, I've been there and I think it's something and I applaud you for coming on the show and sharing your experience, because I think it's something that all paramotor pilots need a refresher on, you know, that one time where you're thinking, ah, I can get away with it now, nah, I want to, you know, whatever. And uh, uh, it, it could make a major difference in someone's life. So, hey, thank you for coming on the show and talking about it. I appreciate it. it. Appreciate it. Yeah, I really appreciate it too. The uh, ever since you told me about your story, I have not I have not done a ground starting since, and <laughs> I haven't worried about that board. I and it's not that hard. I, I actually do the ground starting. I I start it and I stay on my knees and my hands when I start it, and then right. I get up after, just in case I have to put it down and go and reprime. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I like I said earlier. I I know exactly how lucky I am to have gotten off with a story, and it hasn't hasn't changed. You know, I I haven't lost function or or strength or anything. Like I'm I'm so lucky to be able to be able to tell the story, uh, and 
still be able to fly. Absolutely. So how do you normally start your motor? Do you have a rack that you start on or do you put on your back and start it? How do you do it normally? Nor normally now, like I, I, I take my, my motor out in the trailer. I have a small cargo trailer and I have a, I call it a drywallers bench. It's a folding aluminum bench that I keep and I throw that out onto the ground take my paramotor, set it on that, do my pre-flight and everything, um, put it on my back from there, which is almost at a standing position and start my motor. If I have any issues with starting it or I'm tuning it or whatever, anything like that, then I have a board that I've made out of uh, plywood and two by fours and uh, E-Track to uh, hold it down. So, but most of the time when I'm just going flying, I'm just on my back. Do you fly by yourself or do you fly with other friends? And if you do fly with other friends, uh, do you have them start your motor or are you always starting your motor yourself? Um, I About 50-50 for flying with friends. There used to be two guys that I did my training with, actually, that I fly, flew with. Um, one of them has moved out to the coast now, so it's just me and another guy. Um, and I'll start it myself almost every time um i might get them to reprime it or give it another prime if i didn't quite get enough um but that's that's pretty much it I, i'll just start it myself okay um for the people that are listening uh in the super chat live if you would do you normally start it on your back or a rack what is your normal what i normally do is i start it on my rack that's on the back of my car i start it up let it warm up while i take out the uh the wing and all that stuff and then i will kill it to make sure the kill switch works and then i'll bring it over and set up that way um how do you do it will um as far as starting yours up do you have a rack or do you just always do it on your back or what i do it on my back because i don't have a rack for the um, power to fly i did for the animated for the uh, parajet so then i did start it on the rack and super convenient so i'm going to get another one made just for, just for that reason, because it can be a bear to start a moster when it doesn't want to start, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I know with that. Those animates, man, one time, it could sit in, it could sit in your, uh, your garage for a, a year and you could just go blap one time and it's going to start up. It's, it's, it's incredible. I love it. I wish that the moster would do the same. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Jim, you have a moster? Yes, I do. And how do you start yours? Uh, do you have a rack or do you have it or do you just start on your back? I started on my back. Do you? Yeah. But I just I just kneel on the ground and start it. All right. Looking on the super chat to see if anybody says anything. Uh, can we find him on social media? He's not a social media guy. So he does have a YouTube, but doesn't really YouTube very much. Um, Jason says, I have and I won't do it no more. Oh, okay, good. Uh, he says his back. Um, Avery flies back. I don't have a rack. Para Ninja. Honestly, I've been ground starting for about half the guys I fly with. It'll push me back from starting uh, doing the ground starting. Okay, that's good. I'm glad that Paraninja is gonna like not do that anymore. Um, that's why I got e prop or a e start says Travis D. 
I moster usually starts when I'm pulling it to the top dead center, says Jason. All right, so looks like uh, we got half and half. Uh, Parent Ninja said he's going to try to modify the hitch so he can start on that. Fly Swapper says on a rack, it's worth it, not just for starting, but for making it easy to get into. I, I guess so, yeah. So it seems like, you know, we got 50 50 back and rack. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, that's awesome. I'll, like I said, I'm so glad that you're feeling better and that you're healed up. Um, if you do get a tattoo, we definitely got to bring you back so we can see the tattoo. <laughs> um, but anyway. I, I, I got a question. Linda's got a question. Okay, go ahead. Uh, so you're talking about, okay, the, the ground starting. Okay, so you said the rack. What is, what are we talking about with the rack? Because I never see like on Facebook, like, like what is it is it just like it's just something that you say you call a rack but is, is it something a rack you hang it on something when, when, we, when, we, when well just for everybody so linda does not fly she is our our pr girl but she's also here because she doesn't know all the things that we know. And she is the newbie that helps us, yeah. you know, um, explain things that we think that everybody knows. So obviously people don't know back or rack. Okay. The back is when you put on your shoulders and you start okay. it on your back. A rack okay. is a rack is anything that we can bolt or tie down the motor to okay. and start it that's not on a person. So I have a hitch on the back of my car that has uh, a, oh, okay. a thing that I you know, I keep my my motor on, and yeah. I can start it that way. Um, oh wow! Other people, oh, okay. other, other people have like a board or something that they can put the motor down on the board, like a like a like a piece of plywood, and okay. start it that way. So a rack oh. can be anything that you put okay. your motor odor odor actual person. So some people prefer to start it on the rack as to starting it while it's on their back, right? Is that what you're saying? I think that the reason why it's easier to start on the rack is because on your back, it's heavy, you know? Uh, yeah. even, the lightest, even the lightest ones are heavy. So yeah. uh, I think that's the reason why Chad said originally, it's like, man, I, I got the full tank of gas. I, I, I just don't want to lift it up and put it on my back. And, um, you know. Okay, wow. Okay, so everybody kind of does it uh, what they feel comfortable with. Yeah, usually a back or rack or something. Uh, Will Fly is showing okay. something. Air motor rack. So if you're watching this, how heavy is that? Um, it's it's connected to your car. It's on a hitch. Oh, I got gotcha. you. Okay, all right. And they're all designed differently. Some are designed okay. just for a specific paramotor, and. Okay. Some are just a, a general hitch that you can put on the back. Like, okay. um, um, I got one from Harbor Freight. It's like $39. It's the one that you put like a big cooler on the back, but I put okay. my paramotor on the back. So, while well, so you got a hanging there on that rack, and then you say, Well, I'm ready to fly. So, you start it up, and then you just throw it on your back. Now, usually we'll put it on the rack to warm up. Oh, 
That way, when we put it on her back, it's usually a quick one pull, and then oh. the paramotor will start. But you turn it off, you warm it up, you turn it off, then you put it on your back, and then, okay, right? Oh, okay. Yeah. I was just trying to picture all this. I'm like, so, you know, because I could go, you know, you start it up, and then you just pull it off the rack and throw it on your back, and I'm like, well, that can't be safe. <laughs> And thank you very much, Linda, for asking that question, because, you know, we've been doing this. This is our third season, our third year of doing this podcast. Yeah. And after a while, you know, we kind of think that everybody has our knowledge and we forget that, you know, the simplest things like rack, maybe someone that doesn't fly doesn't know what it is. So thank you, Linda. We, we definitely appreciate you being on yeah, the panel. Oh, good. No, I, I learned every time, you know, every show I learned something you know, something different. And yeah, I didn't really know about because people don't really talk about too much the rat, you know, using the rat. So now I know, you know, what that's about. So even though I did get my first tandem, so, you know, <laughs> so I did, I did actually fly grandpa. You know, yes, you did. But I don't fly fly like you guys, but I did, you know, do my first tandem. So I feel like I, I feel like I flew. I mean, I was up there. You know. We are very proud of you. <laughs> yes, we are very proud of you. Can't wait for you to go up again. I know. Soon. Yeah. Soon. I'm sure it will happen. But yeah. So, Thank you. So, Chad, let's say that um, you're out at a fly-in or something and you see somebody ground starting. Would you go up to them and say, yo, let me tell you a story? Um. I guess uh, it it depends. I guess um, whether I have a rapport with the person or not. Um, usually, I, th I think that I wouldn't go one on one and just say, "Hey, no, that's not a great idea." I would say it more of in uh, in a group setting of, "This is what happened to me. Take it as you want it." Um, you know, it, it makes me cringe though. I um, I see people ground starting in it. I just, I have to turn away, honestly. Because um, I, it, it just, all I can see is that thing coming at me. <laughs> and uh, I just don't want it to happen to anyone else. And I definitely don't want to be there if it happens to someone else. It's just, it's, yeah. Yeah. So that, that to answer the question, I probably wouldn't do it um, as, they're, as they're doing it. I understand. It's it's difficult to uh, to to do that um, to to talk to anybody that you don't know. So I I totally understand. But um, um, you were alone at the time. No, you had a group of people that you're going to go on XC with. Yeah, my my buddy, uh, one of the, the guy that moved out to the uh, the West Coast, uh, he was with me, um, and uh, <laughs> I remember it, it's funny. I did, I hadn't really thought about it. Um, when I, I have a flash of when I'm going down, I can see him coming at me and then pausing because he knows that there's nothing he can do. And he was on the backside of my, of my uh, paramotor uh, when, I, when it happened. Huh. And uh, I can just, I can see him starting towards me and then stopping because obviously there's nothing, absolutely nothing he could have done except for get himself hurt as well. 
Exactly. And the thing is too, you know, ground starting, it's not just you, you could hurt. It's somebody, it's somebody around you that you can hurt. Um, sure. I, I haven't really been in the sport very long, but I've met with a lot of people that got hurt or was in the vicinity of somebody ground starting that got hurt. Um, even a story of uh, somebody getting their brand new paramotor, they were like, oh, this is really cool. They haven't gone to training yet. They started it up, went full throttle, didn't hurt that person, but it did hurt another person and oh, wow. uh, got the other person. So, Ooh. you know, you may walk away unscathed, but your friend could, you know, be walking away with a, a big cut or something. So it's not just yeah. you, you got to think about it. It's other people. And I suppose if you're out there all by yourself, there is a way of starting it, ground starting that's safe or safer. And that's if you have a clutch, you can wrap something around your frame and the clutch or and your prop. If you land out someplace and you can't get the darn thing started, there are safety ways to do it. So I always bring yeah. um, a little strap that is in my little case. So in case I do land out and I can't start it on my back, um, I can safely start it if I do land out. So thank goodness I haven't landed out and needed to do that because that still scares me. Um, yes, we're about yeah, yeah. five minutes of or so, seven minutes of eight o'clock. Um, and this has been an amazing, amazing uh, podcast, amazing guest. Chad has jumped on here and told us a story about uh, that one time in his three-year flying career, he decided to ground start and that one time it went full throttle even after he checked it to make sure that the linkage went all the way in and out it still went full throttle uh it it got his uh, left shoulder uh he was he was out of flying for about five months but now he's flying again and he's jumped on the show to let everybody know that you know this is my story and he wants to make sure that you guys you know hear the story and don't ground start. I know I'm, I'm like, I'm like, <laughs> just, I, I can feel it. I can see it in my mind. I saw the pictures of it again. And I'm like, wow, this is, uh, even if I thought about ground starting, I'll think of Chad in this uh, interview and um, I'll be like, nope, 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 nope. Ain't going to do it. Ain't going to do it. Um, let's see. Uh, let's talk about your annual fly-in. Does that sound good? Yeah, sure. So tell us about yeah. your flying and uh, what that's all, all about. So um, I fly at a, uh, it used to be a, a private airstrip. Um, and now it's an RC club, actually. And I found it by flying over it. And I decided I had to go talk to whoever was the landowner to see if I could get permission to fly out of it. And so I've been flying out of it. That's where my accident happened, as a matter of fact. Um, but uh, last year, after all the COVID uh, stuff settled down, I decided that uh, we needed to have more fly-ins in Alberta because as far as I knew, there was only one other one that happened irregularly. Um, so I thought people needed to come down to my field and, and uh, find out about it because it's, um, it's almost like a golf course. Uh, the grass is just absolutely perfect. Like, um, it, it's it's crazy how good it is. Uh, there's an area that's about 
well, there, there's a runway that goes into prevailing wind that's um, not quite a quarter mile long, but the majority of where we would take off is about 400 feet square. Um, and so we can take off of, off of it from any direction. And there's almost no buildings or any, there's one clubhouse kind of building there. But other than that, there's no places for rotor to start or anything. There's no power lines nearby. There's no trees nearby. It's just absolutely perfect place. And so I just wanted the people to, from that were, you know, could come to fly in, fly at my field and go take the sites of my, of my area. And so, yeah, last year was the, was the first one. We're putting it on again um, this year. It's Labor Day weekend. Um, which is the first weekend of uh, September. Uh, it's called the Bridge City Flying because we're just right outside of uh, Lethbridge. Yeah, I got a quick question. And this was the first. The... This was the first year. La last year. So this was the first year. Last this was year. the first year? first year. Correct. And this is going to be the second annual in September. That's right. Okay. Sorry, Jim. Go ahead, bud. The I had a question about the Bridge City there. I just happened to live right next to Bridge City, Saskatoon. And so I was wondering why Lethbridge is considered a bridge city. Uh, well, there's the high level bridge, which is what everybody thinks that got the name from, but it was that had nothing to do with the name. It's somebody's last name. It was uh, important back in the late 1800s or whatever their name was, Lethbridge. So. There is a high level bridge in the city's name Lethbridge, but yeah, it has nothing to do with the fact. Okay. But it is the, there is, it's a trestle bridge and it's supposedly the highest, highest longest bridge of its sort. And it's, I don't know how high it is. I think it's about 300 feet high and it's just over a mile long. So that would be an interesting flight down that. Yeah, it's, it's, Pretty cool. I want to. I want to go through that bridge so badly, but the weather is never conducive. <laughs> it's always turbulent down there. Cool. All right. Um, it's about eight o'clock, and uh, I know Will Fly said that he needs to leave about eight o'clock. So we're gonna uh, send Mr. Will Fly off, and hopefully he can go and get some uh, some flying in. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Nah, a little too late for that. Ah, uh, bummer. Well, so happy that you joined us tonight. And thanks again, Will. I mean, honestly, I wouldn't be able to do this without you guys um, helping me out because I can't, you know, look at this, the chat, do this, the interview and everything else. So Will um, and Jim, Linda, you guys really helped me out a lot. And thank you so, so, so much. Welcome. You bet. And Chad, it was real nice meeting you. And thank you again for coming on. You bet. Thank you. Nice to meet you as well, Will. Right on. Good night, everybody. Thank night, you, Mr. Will. Have a good one, bud. You too. So, Chad, um, uh, any any um, uh, for your flying that's coming up, if Americans want to come up and we don't, you know, we can't fly there uh, and just hang out with you, um, how do we get to your flying just to hang out with you? Uh. Excellent question. Uh, I've posted on Facebook on, on Paramotor Alberta and Paramotor Canada and the, um, the coordinates and um, I think the, the coordinates and there's a screen grab of, of uh, 
Google Maps of, of the exact location. Um, so it's, uh, most people don't know where Lethbridge is. People don't even know where Alberta is in the state. Um, it's it's Western, Western Canada, just uh, north of the Alberta border, in the Montana border. Um, and it's about an hour, an hour's drive north of, uh, what the heck's the name of the Cut Bank? Cut Bank is the, uh, the border crossing there, or, or Sweetgrass, yeah. Wish I could make it up there. Um, I wasn't able to make it to any fly-ins over here. Have you been able to make it to any fly-ins down here in the States? Uh, no, but I would really like to. Um, it seems like it's a lot of fun, a lot of great people, a lot of things to learn from people that have been doing it for a long time. Um, and just great, great to go to see different locations and go flying. That would be fantastic. Hopefully next summer, though. Gotcha. We got 14 likes. If you guys like this, please like it. And that really helps us a lot. We definitely appreciate you. Uh, thank you very much for joining us tonight. Um, anything else, uh, Jim or Linda, that you'd like to ask uh, Chad before we close out for the night? Or oh, any, other, any other questions in the super chat? I was wondering how how many people he expects to show up at the fly-in. Uh, last year we had twelve show up. Eleven one day, eleven the next day. There was one guy that was there the one day and it wasn't the next. And, but yeah, so eleven pilots each each day. Okay. Yeah. And how so was the weather? Hopefully, how was the weather? Um, out of the three days we had. Uh, the day before it started officially was uh, the unicorn day. There was fog in the in the river valley and not a breath of wind. And it would have been awesome to have everybody fly that day, but nobody was there. Um, we had we had two really good sessions of flying, and then one session some guys went up and flew in vertical loops. They were going into the wind and going up and flying backwards and coming back down and flying into the wind. It was uh, it was pretty entertaining. Yeah, we had a, we had a question in the chat said something about um, how does one go from the US to Canada to a fly-in? Uh, if you go to the uh, to Canada for a fly-in, you're just going to be hanging out because we can't fly there, unfortunately. So we can't fly in Canada. Um, there are some ways of doing it, but we'd have to get our, was it our student pilot's license? Yeah, I think you'd have to get a an, an instructor to sign off on students. So yeah, unfortunately. So we could. So we could it's possible. Okay. Um, but you know, going to a flying is not about flying. It's about hanging out with the people. You know, when I go to a flying, it's like I don't do a whole bunch of flying. I like to hang out and meet new people, meet all the people that I've seen online and and uh, watch their videos and, you know, uh, listen to their story and stuff. It's like, I finally want to, you know, meet up with people. It's hard to do that when, you know, we have a bunch of uh, Canadian people that, you know, we watch on YouTube and we bring on the show. I would really like to go to Canada. I love Canada. I love Canada. It's so nice. I've been there so many times. 
Um, just a beautiful place. I still got my loonies and toonies. I'll never get rid of those. <laughs> and uh, it's just a great place. People are wonderful, very, very kind. And their um, money smells like maple syrup, and I like maple syrup. Um, anyway, uh, <laughs> any other questions in the super chat or any uh, any other questions? Uh, Deweese Milstead was wondering where you got that shirt from. The shirt that, oh, that I'm wearing? I the think shirt that I got, wearing, yeah. the shirt that I'm wearing, I got from an ABC store in Maui in Lahaina. There you go. Nice. I've got, I have, I have, I have patches. I want one of those patches that say rack, back or rack. Those patches are <laughs> Your wife needs to sell those things. That's great. I mean, they yeah. need to sell everything. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, well, yeah, I've got, I've got a small cool. one. Um, like, yeah, we've we've designed a few. Like the patches that I make for our fly-ins, I've designed and, and my wife makes them. And so, um, yeah, I have, I, have, I have several patches that are demerit um, awards, like uh, needed stitches or ran out of fuel or, uh, tangled lines and lots of goofy things that have occurred to me about what you you know the the opposite of the boy scout merit badges mm -hmm. right there you go <laughs> fly swabber says maui is where all true canadians go for a vacation i think <laughs> and uh bill oh, yeah. said that he was born in canada too oh i didn't know that the things that we learn when we go to PPG Krampus Paramotor Podcast, man, you learn things about paramotors, you learn, uh, you know, where Canadians go to That's vacation. Right. That's right. My birth mom, I'm adopted, so actually I found out years ago, my birth mom is French Canadian. So hmm. there you go. Yep. So I just got to share that. Yeah, I never knew that. That's awesome. Well, um, it's been an amazing podcast and amazing story. I know that uh, um, I've really enjoyed this. Um, I've, well, I enjoy all Mondays. I enjoy all guests, but this is really good because I'm really hoping that this might uh, might catch somebody and somebody might listen to this and go, you know what? I was going to ground start today, but I saw the podcast or I heard listen to the podcast and I'm like, you know what? I just I'm not going to do it. And uh, it might it might save your skin, literally. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Any words of wisdom, Mister Jim? I'm all <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, um, you know, it is summertime, and I know that everybody wants to either go fly or hang with the family. And uh, um, I got a full living room of people that are waiting for me to come over there. So I'd love to be able to hang out and, and chat for hours upon hours, but I won't be able to make it tonight. So, uh, uh, Chad has been so wonderful. Thank you, sir, so much for coming on the show. And thank you so much for sharing your story, buddy. Thanks for having me. I'm, I'm, uh, happy, happy to do it anytime. Absolutely. We definitely thank appreciate you. Chad. you. Appreciate you. Be safe out there. Try to definitely so as we are what we normally do is we normally go through the panel and we say goodbye to everybody and uh we'll go ahead and start with mr jim uh tell us a bit about your your printing company and how we can get up with you sir 
yeah, if I can help you out with any printing, I just check in with uh, carepp.com and I'll help you out any way I can. And something that I, I wanted to mention was Harry Ninja, he made a comment in the chat here. He says that this podcast is the push that he needed. And I'm assuming that that is to start on the rack or on the back. That's awesome. Good. I'm very happy. And if you want to find out about my paramotor shenanigans, then that's careppg.com. <laughs> That's awesome. Hey, now we're running a uh, a thing as far as the paramotorcalendar.com, right? So can you tell us a little bit about that? How do we uh, upload and where do we go? Go to paramotorcalendar.com and you can upload uh, pictures that you, your favorite pictures of paramotoring, make sure they're yours and uh, you can put them on there. And then after a little while, once we have a few there, we probably in a month, will start voting on who's going to get to be in the calendar. Ooh, I like that. So you can go to uh, ppgzone.com, sign up for a free account because that's where you have to upload. Even though paramotorcalendar.com forwards there, you still need to have a free account. Upload your uh, best paramotor pictures make sure they're yours you have to have the right to upload them because we're going to print them and we're going to give them away and i think that uh, ppg ppg zone also sells them and jim will probably sell them too from canada yes um even though your company's in canada jim if we're over here in the states we can still order stuff from you and you can still ship to us you betcha no problem there you go. That's awesome. And if we just want to do it ourselves, a DIY type of thing, you have a website for that too, yes? Yep, DIYsprinting.ca. And you can you can do you can do your own designs. You can set the whole thing up and you hit submit and pay and it'll get sent out to you. Awesome. Well, that's awesome. Thank you so much, Jim, for helping us out. I see Linda, Paramount USA, has a, a calendar from I have mine. Our, our last coordinator uh, calendar. Yeah. yeah. And uh, I'm looking forward to getting the one for next year because this is where I, um, you know, this is my, I'm old school. So this is where I put all my guests on the calendar. So then when Sean says, who we got next week? Then I go, oh, we have. <laughs> That's it. Awesome. Now, I, I just, I'm not the one like, okay, I put everything on my phone. I like these calendars, calendars are my friends. Yes. So yeah, I have like, you know, I'll get this one and then I'll order something else and I'll have like three calendars going on because got to keep track of everything. So, there yeah. you go. So everybody, um, make sure you get your new calendars for next year from this guy because they're pretty awesome. I'm looking forward to seeing all those pictures they're going to come on from all my flyers out there and everything. So. And I think that paramotorcalendar.com is actually forwarding over to the old one. I got to switch that over. So um, until then, just go to ppgzone.com. It's yeah. right on the front page on ppgzone.com. Ppgzone.com. Well, it, like, it sounds like a souvenir because how cool he did the back. 
so we can just kind of see, you know, the whole history of PPG, you know, with the clear yeah. props, TV, you know, shenanigans and all that stuff. So that's pretty cool. I'm going to keep this. This is really cool. If you want to catch me on Thursday night, you'll see me on the chat or sometimes in the Zoom. If I behave, Robert lets me come on the Zoom, you know. But it's um, <laughs> paraglidingchop.com on Thursday night with your host, Robert Michaels. So we talk paragliding and sometimes paramotors. You never know what guest is going to show up. I can't even tell you right now because I never know, but um, it's super fun. We always, there's a, sometimes it's open topic night, you never know. So come on, join us on Thursday nights with Robert Michaels, paraglidingtalk.com. Well, who's this Robert Michaels guy to you? Do you know this guy? Oh, I, you... I know. I like when you ask me. I always wait for you to ask me that, Grandpa. Yes. That's my son. That's yes. my number one son. And then, of course, I have my number two son here. In Michigan, but I have my number one son in San Diego. So yes. I wonder awesome. if Robert knows what type of awesome PR guy, uh, chick you are for us and all oh, the yeah, you you and all the yeah, things you, know. you do. I tell you, he needs to hire you because <laughs> yeah. he knows. You know, so I'm like, well, I am the PR because sometimes I have to, you know, message him on Thursday. Is there a show? And sometimes they'll say. No, not tonight, blah, 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 you know, that kind of thing. And then I have to, <laughs> and then I have to step in and do what I have to do, you know. Oh, my goodness. That's why. Yeah. I uh, wish I was on the payroll, but, you know, I'm the PR. I wish I had relation. a payroll that I could pay you and Jim <laughs> and, uh, and everybody that comes on here. I really wish I I, I could afford that. So Honestly, I've been, I've been playing the lottery, so maybe one of these days. <laughs> I'll get I'll get paid and I'll pay you guys. So until then, I love it though. Between this show on Thursday and then I follow the other shows during the week, and it's so fun. And I thank all of you for following everybody's show during the week. I thank you for being here tonight, my chatters, my viewers. We totally appreciate you. I definitely so I do. Want to give a shout out as I do on Monday night. I know that they are we appreciate it. Absolutely. Well, thank you, Miss Linda. You're awesome. Thank you, Jim. We appreciate you. Will Fly from Will Fly PPG helped out today. We definitely appreciate him. And our guest tonight, Jad, uh, Chad Conrad, uh, he had an amazing story about a prop strike. And we had some comments in the super chat that said, I don't think I'm going to uh, ground start anymore. So this helped at least one person. So yeah. we appreciate you, yeah. Chad, for coming on here and sharing your story um helping helping at least one person right now but who knows this could be a whole chain of events that you could be helping hundreds of people yep. that's what the show's about Absolutely. help out each other all right well, once again chad thank you so hey, much for you, joining chad. us uh you ha don't have any social media that you uh that no that you no, share no, to. no um you're really old school you got a myspace <laughs> gotcha no. <laughs> wow, that goes way back. <laughs> I think I still got a, a, a MySpace, but I haven't logged into it in like 20 years. So who probably, knows? I don't know. I don't know if I would do that. Computer would probably <laughs> crash. I know if I tried to find it, it'd be like, yeah, not going to happen. So, That's so yeah. funny. 
All right. Uh, thank you again, Chad. Uh, if you guys stay here for just a moment, we're going to okay. uh, kill the live streams and all that stuff. We're going to talk okay. for a couple of minutes uh, privately, and okay. uh, then we're going to go nighty night because, uh, you know, I'm an old grandpa. You know, this this doesn't come naturally. I got to get lots of sleep. <laughs> oh. All right, all guys. Right. <laughs> well, thank you very much for joining us tonight. You're watching PPG Grandpa's Paramotor Podcast, clearproptv.com, paratalk.org. You can find us on your favorite podcasting apps. Just search for PPG Grandpa's Paramotor Podcast, and we are everywhere, including Amazon. If you want to go to Amazon, you type in PPG Grandpa's Paramotor Podcast, boom, guess what? We pop up. And even uh, Prime Music. Who would have thunk? But anyways, uh, we appreciate you. We get about uh, 500 to 1,500 people listening to our show, uh, either live, Memorex, or our audio that we have out there. So we definitely appreciate everyone that has listened to us over these last three years. And, uh, you know, if you want to find me, I'm PPG Grandpa. So you can find me at ppggrandpa.com. Chad, once again, thank you, sir. We appreciate you, buddy. Thanks for having me. Y'all have a great evening, and we'll see you tomorrow, maybe. At uh, is it PPG Shane still doing his, or PPG Lear still doing his on Wednesday on Tuesdays? If not, ParamotorGirl.com is doing it on Wednesdays, an all-girl podcast. Yeah. So we'll see you someplace, somewhere, somehow. Y'all have yeah. a great evening. We'll yeah. check you later.